I want to talk about this morning a little bit. I, I did not know what Michael was going to do in this uh, segment for Easter this year, but the Lord had put this word on my heart <clears throat> about I'm forgiven. And we are forgiven. Amen? Amen. I want to talk about the great discovery of the I'm forgiven. Because I really feel it's mind-boggling that I'm forgiven. It's amazing that I'm forgiven. It's just unbelievable that I'm forgiven. And there's four things that make me believe that this is a real living God who I can know personally. Amen? The first is creation. If you look around here this morning and if you look at this intelligent design of the earth and the universe. If these people who know about the universe and about the earth, if they just look at it and try to understand how that could be put together so perfectly, how we spin and how we turn. Second is this word, the Bible. The Bible is a supernatural book that is read and accepted as the Word of God by millions and millions of people. They read it, and we need to get it back to where you can read it in the schools, and you can read it in the places that it needs to be read. It has 28 specific prophecies about Jesus, the Savior of the world, that were fulfilled in his life and in his death. Third is the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, which we have seen so greatly put together by this great ministry of Mike and, his, and, and the people here that were involved. And fourth is the chain lives, the changed lives, and the amazing miracles of the people that are finding Jesus, resulting in a changed life. And I'm a changed life. Hallelujah. 32 years ago, my life was changed. You see, Jesus makes broken things whole. Jesus changes lives. And the transformation of a life it's still the most amazing thing to behold when we see a life that's changed by Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 and 4, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand by, and which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again in the third day according to Scriptures. I just read a story that I'd like to read to you this morning. It's a little story about a young boy who was pestering his father, who was desperately trying to do some office work, so the father thought he could distract his son by giving him a piece of paper, a pencil, and he's telling him to draw a dog. 
Two minutes later, his son came back with a picture of the dog. The father then asked the boy to draw an elephant. The same thing. Two minutes later, he was done. The dad asked him to draw a lion, a frog, a dinosaur. All two-minute projects for this little boy who was being a nuisance. Finally, the father had an ingenious thought. Okay, son, draw a picture of God, believing he had outwitted the boy. But sure enough, the boy came back. He came back two minutes later with a picture of God. The dad was astonished. And he says, no one knows what God looks like. To which the little boy responded, well, they do now. (laughs) Amen? How many were touched by God and now they know what God looks like? How many know Jesus drew a picture of God with his flesh and blood when he died on the cross? And it was drawn so perfectly, and it was an exact replica of God's image. So this morning, I want to speak about six experiences that happen, and that happen for you when Jesus comes into our lives. The great discovery. Some 30-something years ago, there was a great discovery in my life. There was this great pardon. It was the pardon of all our sins. It comes to us on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. There is no sin that Jesus cannot forgive, saints. And there is no person Jesus cannot transform. Let me tell you that. I don't care who you are, what you've done. Jesus can transform your life. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. You can look at it and it can tell you that right there. It says, in him we have what? Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Then come the great salvation. Number two is that great salvation. God has salvation for me and all the people that are near you. It's right before us, saints. You can reach out and by faith turn to Jesus, surrender your life, and come to the cross. You see, when you believe in your heart, Confess with your mouth, you will be saved, regenerated. It's what Billy Graham and millions of other people call born again. You become a new person. Saints, the cross, the heart of the gospel is a symbol of love, sacrifice, and forgiveness. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess With your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made with salvation, unto salvation. Then comes the great exchange. You kneel at the cross where Jesus was crucified. 
for our sins. You accept his sacrifice and accept him as Lord and Savior because he rose from the dead, which is symbolized by the empty cross and the empty tomb. He is now in my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I am cleansed, healed, and given a hope and a future. See, Psalm 51.1 says, have mercy, upon, uh, 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 have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. And then the best of all, the great forgiveness. We need to take our mistakes and stake them into the ground. We need a determination to remember that you are forgiven of all your failures. God forgives. He gives new opportunities and uses your mistakes for his purpose. I want to give you five declarations real quickly that you can make to drive your stake into the ground. You need to drive that stake. God's forgiveness is complete. We need to stake that into the ground. It is complete. Jeremiah 31, 34. I will forgive their wickedness and, and will remember their sin no more. He's a God of forgiveness. God's forgiveness is in Christ. He forgives us all through Christ who died for our sins, saints. And God's forgiveness is for you and for me. How many remember the prodigal son? The father said to his servants in Luke 15, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet. You see, forgiveness is personal and applies to all your mistakes. I don't care what it is. He can forgive you. There's somebody here right now who says he can't forgive me. But he can forgive you of all your sins. Because God's forgiveness is always fresh. In Psalm 322, it says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail like, fail not. It's like the food that is tightly put in a bag and sealed and put in your refrigerator because God's forgiveness stays fresh all the time. It never wilts, it never goes out because God's forgiveness is unlimited. In Psalm 103, verse 12, gives us hope that God has removed our sins because as far as the east is from the west. That is an infinite amount of space, saints. God's forgiveness for you has no limit this morning. How many know everyone makes mistakes? Every one of us makes mistakes. So let's today... Be the day. Let today be the day that you take a stand 
in your attitude to accept God's unending forgiveness for every mistake. Let today be a new day. Because he is a great God of unimaginable love. And his love is not dependent on anything we say or do. In Romans 5, 8 it states, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us saints. God, knowing exactly how sinful and undeserving we are, was still willing to send Jesus. This is the love of God that was and is today, saints. The gift of eternal life cannot be earned or obtained by my good and my wonderful deeds or my own righteousness. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There was a little girl, there's a story about a little girl who, who stole a couple of items from a store that was owned by her pastor. When her mother found out that her daughter stole, she took her to the store and sat her down with the pastor. He asked her how she felt about stealing and then told her she needed to pay for the items, plus extra, according to the Bible. He asked her how much she thought the items cost, and she said $20, which was far more than she could pay, since she was a little girl and she had no way of making any kind of money. She agreed to pay the amount and went home very somber. The next day, the pastor visited the little girl. In the course of their conversation, he pulled out his checkbook and wrote her a check for $20. Gratefully, she took the money and paid him back for the items she stole. That's what Jesus did. Wrote a check. It's all done. It's all finished. Your debt has been paid. Because he is the great, unique one and only Jesus. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He serves the unfortunate. He is the doorway to a new future. He makes change possible. He forgives and forgets. He heals and helps. He reconciles and he releases. He is the God of the second chance, the fat chance, the slim chance, and the no chance. He is the beginning of a new life, a significant life, eternal life, abundant life, spiritual life, and a blessed life. And you need to say amen this morning. Say it's the awesome reality of who Jesus is presents you and me with an unescapable choice. Every person who has ever been born again has the sovereign right to make the same choice. That is to receive Jesus as God's revelation of himself or to reject him. And we are by faith coming to the cross. Coming to the cross. Bringing everything to him. All of our life, our past, our present, and our future. 
So I'm going to ask you this morning to pray two simple prayers with me. And I end this message with these two simple prayers that you would just pray with me this morning. You could pray out loud together. Maybe for someone that is near you, helping who may need to open their life and find Jesus or return to Jesus. So I'm just going to ask that you would pray with me right now, out loud. Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that were wrong. I have lived for myself. I repent of those things and ask that you forgive me. I believe with all my heart that you died on a cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come now by faith and ask you to take control of my life. I accept your free gift of life. I now turn from my past and into your future. Jesus, say Jesus, from this moment forward, my life is yours. Give the Lord praise this morning. I also want to pray right now for all those who may be away from Jesus, may be a little off the path this morning. As we heard some of them say, well, I knew Jesus when I was younger, but now I don't know. Maybe there's somebody here struggling this morning. Something happened. You need to get back to Jesus. I want you to just say this in your heart this morning as we all bow our heads. And just say this in your heart this morning. Here I am, Jesus. I'm coming home. I have lived for my own purposes too long. I accept your unconditional love and forgiveness. I just say this. I think some of us need to all say it. Jesus, thank you for a second chance. And everyone said amen. I give the Lord some praise this morning.